Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And check out PW on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. Be sure to check us out on pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. And on social media, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So this week on More to Come, a million Star Wars comics. Comics Art LA. Um, FurryCon. Uh, back to the drawing board for uh, DMP's Tezuka publishing project and graphic novels as gifts. So let's get right to it. Star Wars in the news. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, With, uh, you know, leaking, floating the fact that the first issue of Marvel Star Wars, number one, is going to sell a million copies. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that is a record. Uh, Since the last comic to sell that much was Batman 500 in 1993. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a long time, (laughs) yes. So this is What are the secrets of a success, Heidi? Well, we don't know. We don't know yet what it is. Now, some people were wondering if it was going through Loot Crate, but uh, indications, David Gabriel did an interview, uh, David. Gabriel's the senior mm-hmm. VP of sales for Marvel, did an interview with comicbook.com and he talked about how they are going through non traditional channels for this. Um, now, we don't know if Loot Crate was involved. Loot Crate is this, you know, pay one price, get a whole bunch of comics thing that has yeah. led to very large sales for Rocket Raccoon number one. Yeah. But we don't know if, if that, that, I mean, that was only like maybe 200,000 copies. So, we don't know exactly. We could guess. Maybe they're selling them to theme parks. Maybe they're selling them to Disney theme parks yeah. around the world. Mm. Uh, maybe I would not be surprised. I that would be non-traditional. No. Well, they're pulling out of the non- stops. Yes. Yeah, and maybe. there's also, um, you know, probably going through Target, Walmart. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of places they can get this comic. Uh, I mean, it would be amazing to actually know sure. what they're talking about. Um, but And there's also, lest we forget, 38 variant covers. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that coupled with the release of the trailer in the yeah. last few weeks, yeah. of course, people are going like nuts. So, well, well, you know, for obvious reasons, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a hope that there's a, a whole new era of Star right. Wars well, in front of us. If anything could, you know, revive Brian Wood's career. This isn't Brian be- Wood. Oh, this is the Marvel version of it <laughs> that Ed, uh, Jason Aaron is writing. This is the oh. first issue from Marvel well, that, this is a, after they took yeah. it away from Dark yeah. Horse. Yeah, so. but I thought they were keeping it. No, they didn't keep the creative no, team. No, right? they had all new creative teams that they announced a long time ago. They're doing a Princess yeah, so Leia John comic. John Cassidy. Um, yeah, John yeah, Cassidy's right. the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Aaron is yes, writing J- yes, it, Jason which is Aaron, a little yes. bit of a surprise, yeah. but, you know, yeah. hopefully it's um, it's uh, well, we'll see, won't we? A million people will see. Um, the best-selling comic of the modern era that we know of was X-Men number one. I'm, I'm John Jackson Miller, our friend John Jackson Miller at Comicron.com, yes. has a, a very informative post about all this, uh, but it, where he talks about other million-selling comics. Uh, just FYI, the, the biggest was uh, X-Men number one. Uh, with more than 8 million copies sold uh, back in 1991. And uh, this was basically kind of the beginning of the end <laughs> Yeah, no. for for that version of the comics market. And, uh, you know, yeah. there was a lot of unsold copies and things kind of spiraled so, downward from there. So, so hopefully this is the beginning of a 
Yeah. The Although beginning of the middle, or oh, the yeah. middle oh, of the beginning. Wasn't also a period of just like the explosion of variant covers and just like speculation beyond, you know, but, without the notion of scarcity at all? Yes, exactly. Let, let's um, hope this is not the... Hitting mass market numbers for reasons that seem to other to do than actually well, reading. You know, I will say Dan Buckley is the publisher of Marvel, and he was around uh, as a young squirt uh, during those days. Mm-hmm. So he was certainly aware of the mistakes that were made during the period of bogus sales. Yeah, <laughs> but one hopes this doesn't go to uh, Newt Gingrich's science fiction novel territory. Yes, exactly. So, uh, I mean, I don't really see any uh, evidence of that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm... I, I I feel more confident. I you know I, yeah. I think Marvel is smart enough not yeah. to uh, now our retailers are smart point. enough. Uh, who knows? More to the point, I think <laughs> Disney is smart enough. Yeah. I mean, if anybody knows how to make sure. money, yeah, it would be them. Right. But and, and obviously, those are genuine. Look, there's a genuine heartfelt interest in oh, this yeah. franchise, no without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely, and and you know this series takes place just after Star Wars, uh, so it kind of is. Uh, it is sort of like Mar uh, Star Wars number one, the very, or Star Wars number seven, which was the first new Star Wars comic. Uh, so it's kind of going back to this classic period of you know Luke and Leia and Han, and right after the the very first Star Wars movie. So it's a very popular yeah. era mm-hmm. for the book, and um, it's the only yeah. era I so but, I even understand. Yeah, exactly. So, but obviously with the new trilogy coming, Calvin, you're absolutely right. Yeah, um, man, but, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> but one word of advice to those of you who are less. Uh, experienced comic fans out there no, this means it will be not worth anything well it, yes it won't be worth anything that said you may enjoy uh, reading it yeah yeah th- and also that said there's a there's so a you concept. should enjoy reading it but uh, you know I, I will point out there are 38 different variant covers like some of them are, are retailer exclusive some of them are sketch variant like blank variants I mean does that's anyone a, actually care well I don't know if anybody cares or not so um you know but find your favorite one if there's <laughs> yeah, one there you that you go. really like then then that's the one you should pursue yeah. so but don't expect that it's gonna have any resale value no so. well there's one for every persuasion. Yeah, All right. exactly. All right. And our next um, item, which I think I mis-sequenced um, uh, in my uh, intro there, um, I think we're going to jump to Furrycon now, right? Well, you're, yeah. you're, you not only mis-sequenced it, Calvin, but you totally undersold the fact that there was a poison gas attack yeah. at Fur Fest there Midwest. There Talk go. about bearing the lead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Calvin, come well, on. Uh, and my no furry one, credentials challenged once well, again. Well, your news, your news credentials yeah, my are news challenged credentials, again. My furry because, news credentials. I mean, you know, this now is, this thing was horrible. So yeah, I'm not going to make jokes. But it's, so, it's, we, well, you so. can't make jokes. But as I wrote what I said, you know, basically, some, someone, Person. someone uh, unleashed chlorine gas at the Hyatt Regency Rosemont. Wow. Midwest Fur Fest was Saturday night party mode. Everybody was in their costume. Uh, people began to complain of, uh, you know, breathing difficulties, said skin irritation. The police were fa- called. Uh, you know, authorities found this chlorine gas. They had to evacuate the hotel, uh, leading all the, you know, people in their fur costumes to escape into the night and leading to some of the really colorful news footage, absolutely, yeah. that has to but be But I said. especially love that people called it a chlorine gas leak, as if one just sort of carries chlorine right. gas around yes. just for funsies. Yes, yes. And uh, so, I mean, I think the visuals of this, uh, as I said, capture the imagination. And, you know, furries remain a rather 
obscure, perhaps misunderstood uh, branch <laughs> uh, of fandom. Yes, true. But you know what? This is a very serious thing. I mean, yeah. we've been talking yeah. about we talk about conventions on this podcast constantly about fan culture, convention culture. You know, this is a pretty serious. You know, we've been even speculating about there being some kind of incident. You know, yeah. like ninety people were hospitalized, nobody was injured seriously. But I mean, they chlorine gas is is banned. Mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff. Is, I mean, for use in warfare and so on, this stuff is, is very dangerous, and it could easily have led to death. Yeah, in some cases. I mean, it's, it's pretty- the fact of the matter is, we probably wouldn't be even trying. Not to make jokes if it had happened at some obscure but controversial comic con. Yes, exactly. Well, I, if this had happened at a non furry con, absolutely, it would lack that certain you know element of the absolutely unbelievable. Um, but it's totally crazy enough as is. Was uh, there any uh, any information on the source of this well, leak? I, I, uh, it, I it's, not There's heard. clearly a sense that this was deliberately done. Yeah, I don't know what the inside track on this is, mm. or, you know, if the police have a suspect or anything. Well, it hasn't been very long. No, mm. it only happened on Sunday. But, you know, usually if they have a suspect, it happens quickly. So, um, you know, nothing. I mean, but furries are... are, are I mean, I know there's a lot of different uh, types. types of furries. And I also know there's a lot of infighting among some of these more, um, you know, like more concentrated little subsects of fandom, I would say. Uh, I mean, I know among the furry community, there's a lot of conflicts and controversy. But um, but there also are a lot of uh, yeah. other types of fans, usually they're fans, who feel the need to reassure themselves that they're normal, not like those right. furries over there, yeah. who yeah. then spend an extraordinary amount of time and energy saying those people over there are having fun wrong. Right. That's right. So, so you know, this could be a hate crime. Yeah. There's a, every possibility this is a hate crime. And um, it's a serious, it's a serious it matter. And I, I... When you guess a room full of people, yeah. you got uh, a problem. But yeah, it should also be pointed out that we've seen the rise of conventions as we talk about constantly <laughs> on here. And this is by far the most... Uh, you know, disturbing event that we've seen yet. And yeah. you know what? That's still a pretty good track record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. well, there, there was a close second with all the um, fairly credible death threats called in on a wide variety of manga cons in Japan. That bizarre incident. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it was which an the, ongoing yeah, thing. It, it terrorized the manga right. community yeah. for a couple months. But um, there was only threats. There wasn't any actual incidents, correct? Yeah, there were... There, there were there were some incidents. There, was, there was he wasn't actually any good yeah. at bombing anybody, so right, okay. it, yeah. it right. didn't nothing happened. But there were attempts, right? And right. he got himself thrown in jail. So. Right, 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 right. That's that's true. So yeah, so we have seen two pretty bizarre incidents this year, and hopefully in 2015 we'll see zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, moving right along, uh, comics arts. L.A., a new show that we don't actually, we know happened. We know happened. We don't know. Uh, I mean, don't I've seen re- a few posts somewhere that it was successful. That but it was successful. We don't have a lot of reports yeah, and we, not much you know, stuff I, floating I, around I, on the I web either. I put it on here just so that we could say that it happened. And But I, I, there was, um, the reports that I did see seemed to be very positive about, um, about the fact that there's so much uh, animation in L.A. And uh, there's so many animators who do comics. And from what I heard, it sounded like this was a really excellent um, kind of fusion yeah. of the different tribes for that. And, uh, you know, frankly, L.A. has been without a good comics yeah. show that targets this for a while. I know there have been some small shows 
Um, but you know, there's so many logistical difficulties. But this sounds like it actually went very well. And um, yeah. Yeah. A, so a next year, we're hopefully we'll get to go. Yeah, what we'll get yeah. to go? Oh, a good looking list of uh, exhibitors. Uh, yeah. I know. I saw something on uh, Farrell Dalrymple's site. He was there, yeah. and um, who else you we know, got? Here? Sam Alden yeah, was there. Matt Groening stopped by. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jaime Hernandez was there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. John Pham was there. Um, uh, terrific artist. So. Um, very interested to learn more about the show, and obviously, uh, who? Yeah, as you said, you know, who knows? Maybe we can get out there. Yeah. One of these well, days you know, well. I think it's the biggest market gap I've seen since the market gap that uh, eventually led to New York Comic Con. Like New York did not have a mainstream show worth anything for years, and New York Comic Con went huge because it went right. to that gap. Yeah. Yeah. And LA does not, well, previous to this, have anything targeted like a. Comics arts festival, right? That's right. In a yeah. place that has a lot of artists, you know, this could be huge. This could be their mm-hmm. mocha. Well, yeah, it could definitely. And um, you know, we definitely would love to have uh, someone here on the West Coast. You know, we need a West Coast correspondent. So uh, Shannon O'Leary, if yes. you're listening, we should have had Shannon go to it. Come, to <laughs> but I'm just looking so. at the uh, programming schedule here, and it looks impressive. There was a comics and animation panel um, with uh, Lisa Hanawalt, among others, on it. Uh, Sam Alden had a, had a spotlight. Mimi Pond, uh, along with Vanessa Davis. So, uh, well, there's yeah. a you know, no question about it. There's mm-hmm. an awesome, awesome community out in Los Angeles. Yeah. That said, um, the fact that hardly anybody wrote about it is Seems... kind of telling at the same time. Well, it's I kind mean... of how Angelinos are a little bit. So, yeah. if I can them yeah. a little bit. Well, yeah. I think it's that it probably didn't do a lot of promo ahead of time, so the press just hasn't woken up to it existing. Yeah. The real test will be next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. And next, um, uh, digital manga publishing uh, rethinks it's a whole Tezuka publishing program. <laughs> uh, I mean, basically, after an overly ambitious Kickstarter campaign to try to raise somewhere between the three hundred and five hundred thousand dollars in one fell swoop. Um, Good luck with that, dudes. With you know, just really just an impossible level of uh, uh, support required um, after their Kickstarter, their initial kick. I mean, all this being funded by Kickstarter campaigns, of course, um, it hit a wall. Mm-hmm. So they've yeah. started over again from a plan essentially to publish a 400 title backlist right. in five years. Um, they've decided to back off. And now that they're looking to do um, the same number of titles in basically uh, 20 years. Right. <laughs> 20 years. Well, you know, talk about looking at the long picture. Uh, you know, that is a sensible retreat, I guess. But, uh, you know, I the, I forget the name of the guy who's the publisher of DMP, but uh, he loves... Sasahara. His, yeah, Sasahara. He loves his Tezuka. Obviously, yeah. he's very, very devoted to this idea of bringing the works of the great Osama Tezuka to America. Also, and, I think a creative and imaginative guy, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of absolutely. trying to get manga in the hands yes. of the Western audience. And, um, you know, who knows where we'll all be in 20 years, but um, some of us won't <laughs> even be here. I guess we'll be on Internet pledging yeah. the fe- 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 pledging to Kickstarter. Right, to get we'll this probably be done. on our hologram podcast <laughs> yes, by exactly, then. You yeah. know, in our wheelchairs, <laughs> looking like Captain Pike from Star Trek, just to date myself. But um, 
you know, uh, well, good for him for retrenching. And uh, the, so far, the first uh, Kickstarter is about fifty percent funded. It's a, uh, it's, it's it's so it looks like it'll make it. But it's, uh, it's yeah. Ludwig, uh, yes. Ludwig, you know, Ludwig. obviously is essentially a, a story of the that brings to life the, the life of Beethoven. Right. Um, I thought it was about Ludwig von Drake, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's about Beethoven. Uh, yeah, and um, and that, a more modest uh, fund to raise. Uh, what was it? Um, $21,000. Yes. Yeah. So they're about halfway there. Um, I mean, they just ran into so many problems. I mean, there were, it was too expensive for you to even, uh, um, for ordinary fans to even, you, know, you, you had to, I forgot even what the, 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 the lowest, now they restructured some of the, um, uh, some of the promotions at a certain point because there was just no yeah, place. No. You had to drop right. a load of cash well, just to get involved. Just came down on that, you know, uh, like a load of bricks. And Bridget Alverson wrote a piece yeah. about it for PW Comics World, which you can access at PW Comics World slash, or excuse me, publishersweekly.com slash comics. Mix, yes. And uh, if you go there, so she has an excellent interview or piece where she talks about the, the original Kickstarter and, you know, a lot of the, the objections that were to it. And, you know, I mean, look, he just tried to get it all done at once yeah. and he bit off yeah. two big, a crowdfunding yeah. uh, chew and, um, you know, Yeah, originally you, you had to pledge at least $150 just to get two of the books. Yeah. Yeah, so, no. Yeah. Right. It's so not going to happen. It went nowhere fast. I mean, it's nice if you want to throw money at things, but uh, not that many people have that kind of money sitting around. Basically, so. it only would have worked if some Tezuka-loving billionaire was like, I will buy all the things. But, you know, Kate, why are there no Tezuka-loving billionaires? Well, you know, the funny thing is with the tech industry, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I know. When are these tech people going to actually step up and start funding comics? Um, you know, just we don't have this on our story list, but just as kind of a little update, uh, I did I put this up on the beat this week? But you know, speaking of of Comic Starts LA, and then in San Francisco, they're also looking at um, they have an ex- exploratory committee, and they're they're looking to do a whole big comics festival now in San Francisco. Oh you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and yeah I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, actually. exactly. And I mean, so far it's just a committee of people who are you know let's put on a show and mm-hmm. look. There's a at, Facebook page. Yeah, there's a Facebook page, which actually has a lot of very serious discussion going yes, on about yes and at the same time um you know dan vado is uh relaunching ape in san jose and uh you know he has said that he wants to try to get uh bigger sponsors involved in it so um you know we may yet see some of those uh tech people uh getting a chance to support i mean that comics. certainly is part of his vision yes, is to bring yes. the you know silicon valley into the you know in, yeah. into the whole funding and sponsorship yeah yeah yeah, yeah and certainly given the fact that, that there's so much uh, crossover between all these cultures, uh, you know, and, it really definitely yeah. that's a that's a really great idea. So you know, more power to him. But yeah, more to come. I mean, we have you know the year is winding down here. Um, we're all perhaps uh, I know we've all had a lot of things to do, and uh, you know, Christmas partied out or what you know, looking forward. Kate has just moved, so you know, there's not a lot of news this week, folks. So we're 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 scrambling. <laughs> we're like, here's something we don't really know about, but it happens. Yes. So, so, but so, but but trust me, next week we're having a real barn burner or the next time we're all together here together yeah, so, yeah. so well, it'll be the year in review you know, so, yeah, one, year, so, one yeah. thing we can uh discuss quickly guys is i have just moved which means all of my comics are in boxes which and my graphic novels are which means that i can reorganize them any way i like do you have any advice for organizing comics well, or graphic novels <laughs> i occasionally uh start a new bookcase and i try to 
uh, put all the works by one author together. If you arrange it by author, I find that is the most sad. For me personally, that is the most satisfying because then you can see like your little shelf of, um, you know, Walt Kelly or sure, Tom sure. Hart or Linda Barry, you know, and I just it gives you a nice to me as yeah, I'm that's great. As I'm sitting in my I can't say my I've ever done smoking it, but... <laughs> jacket, uh, you yes, know, enjoying yes. a nice cup of cocoa yeah. and a, a biscuit, and I look upon my graphic novel collection. I feel a sense of accomplishment when I can see it through the yeah. piles of books that have so arrived how, and not been filed. So, away. Cal, Heidi, how does that work for multiple author series? <laughs> well, I don't really, but you know, see, Kate, I'm not as interested in those. So, like for for me, I much prefer the work of single authors. So there's not that many that are multiple author. You know, and usually it's the writer. I mean, I do have a big Alan Moore shelf and a big Grant Morrison shelf, and a big Warren Ellis shelf, <laughs> and a big Neil Gaiman shelf. <laughs> I've got a lot of big shelves, and, and nothing's in any kind of order at all. Um, okay. the, the, only, or, the only order I seek now after being in this business for so long is to be able to arrange my books so that I can see the spine. Well, that's a... That a, is about all I can get together. That's a lifelong goal of mine. That's, that's an important goal. Yeah. You know, uh, double shelving is... A pain in the butt. It's, it's a pain in the butt in the sense that you will, books will disappear and you'll never... You'll never think to look at them again because yeah, you'll never see that's them. That's true. So I will say that the best uh, thing that I've done this year to make my uh, – I got a room that basically where the vast majority, though not all of my comics are, uh, was purging, you know, about five, four – I would say three to six hundred graphic novels. I basically went through – and this is both stuff that I wanted and and duplicates and just an overflow amount of material. And I donated it to a terrific uh, community bookstore in uh, Washington Heights. That's the best thing for me being able yeah. to actually the room that these were in, you basically could not get within um, three rows deep of books to the actual bookshelf. Right. Because the floor. Yeah. Was the new? Yeah, I have a area case. like that in my home, and I have an office where that's uh, rapidly. You know, we have the problem. What terrible, terrible problem that people will really sympathize with is that we get free books every day. Yeah, and, this and may it's sound a really you. awful, awful problem. But that said, uh, they they build up very fast. And if you're yeah. you know you're pack rats like we are, it's, it becomes a, you know. I mean, I yeah. Yeah. This may sound to you like my golden shoes are too tight, but think about the size of New York apartments and then think about what you would do as a comics fan if someone gave yeah. you free comics every week for yeah. the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah, you yes. would. Yes, it yes. is definitely, you know, Calvin, uh, you know, to a bookstore. I mean, I try to give some of my books to libraries. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So because we do get really a, a good selection of stuff that a lot of libraries might not be able to afford. So I, I like to try to make it available to a lot of people. Um, no, Kate. How many? How many boxes do you have? Um, well, I counted ten liquor store boxes full of graphic novels, mm -hmm. and that's because I am very conservative about which graphic novels I keep because right. I've heard your tales of woe and horror, and I'm projecting <laughs> right. twenty years forward my own life and going no. Yeah, yeah ten yeah. is a nice, nice We're normal number about for a normal. Ten, I mean, a so, normal home. Yeah, I and mean, that's not counting floppies. Oh. Yeah, I've got maybe five liquor store boxes of floppies, yeah. I but I don't go too. more than that because every time I get toward the end of my fifth box, I purge. 
How do you purge? Like, can you just describe mentally how you purge? I mean, well, that's the part I have a problem with. Well, I have. Yeah. I, have <laughs> I don't even know if I could, if I have I could a, describe I, how I did it. I have a, a half box of things that I haven't, you know, fully sorted into their own little sections yet. And I go through there and I go, if I haven't sorted them, do I really care? And about half of them, the answer is not really. Not after I got three issues in and it didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then through the rest, I go, you know... I stopped caring about impulse ten years ago, and then I sell it on eBay. Right, right, yeah. See, that's a good sensible. I try, <laughs> I try to use. It's one. hard. I have two so cri- hard. criterion, which is like if I don't like someone who did the book, like really don't like them, I find mm. I can throw it out with no problem. Uh, unfortunately, that's very few people. Uh, but then I try to say to myself, um, you know, if I were retiring to a retirement home, which I will be someday, <laughs> and would I want this with me on my island retreat, you know? And that does that works for like five minutes. And then I'm sort of like, oh, but what about if this and that? You know, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners understand the pack rat impulse. But- I'm not a hoarder. I can throw things out. But... Well, yeah, I, I, I find the, the sweet, sweet promise of selling it on eBay and spending the money on other fanish stuff helps. Mm-hmm. Helps cushion the blow. And the ones that aren't worth any actual cash, I cushion the blow by giving them to other fans. And then it's their problem. Hmm. Yeah, I do give away a lot of, of things, too. I mean, I give books. If, if someone wants a book, it's got to be one of my really things I really love that I won't give it up. I've kind of made myself, if someone sees something or asks me for something, I try to just give it away. Right. I've got too many books to hold on to books. And plus, most books, I can just get another copy of them anyway. Oh, my God. The, the wasting <laughs> trees. You know, Calvin, I, I use that criterion sometimes, but then I'm like, why would I, you know, I'm, if I have it, I should keep it if I think I'm going to need it. Because, um, you know, what I'm hoping for is uh, increased digital storage. And, uh, you know, I need to, the dumbest thing anyone ever said to me was uh, what I asked, do you think 16 gigs is enough on an iPad? (laughs) (laughs) Now, granted, this was a couple years ago, but I mean, I can't believe people said to me, oh, yeah, I I never need more. And I'm like, what are you? (laughs) They are not media They're like a minimalist who just, you know, looks at the weather once a day. I mean, come on, watches Netflix. Uh, And they clearly don't rip anything from their television. And you know what? 32 gigs aren't enough either. Well, I know. I mean, you have to have, I'm sure 128 gigs is <laughs> but um, you know, I especially again, you know, are terrible first world problems. But uh, yes, you know, yes, now yes. we get a lot of digital review copies, and and uh, they guess you know where to where to put them. If I could put them on my iPad, I would feel a lot more happy well, the, and secure. Yeah. The place I've been, the, the thing that I kept most precious and like marked fragile forty three different times in the move was my portable hard drive. Yes. Because, yeah. like... Yeah, well, that's... I would have moved that in my purse. I well, actually, I, 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 was, I, I marked it fragile like 43 different times, and then I was like, screw it, and put it in my backpack. Yeah, yeah, because... you know, yeah, there's no way. But um, by the way, you know, there is... I have actually, just talking about that, I had a hard drive crash, and um, uh, and I'm totally forgetting the name of it. It's like black something. Uh, but, you know, there is digital cloud storage. It's pretty affordable, and um, you, I think it's like $25 a year or something. And they'll back up your whole computer. That's if I'll, you trust the cloud. Well, that is true. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like I, uh, well, we've learned with Sony the cloud was bad. And with private eye, the cloud is bad. But, uh, you know, I feel like uh, just, you know, physically, it's like you need to have your backup drive in yeah. two different well, places. Have- you need to have a very, you know, a, a, a redundant array 
of things. So, but and, you know, if you're into the cloud storage, and space is running out, it is. It yeah. is. You know, I mean, physical space. Yeah, yeah. You know. But you can. I was going to say, should you wish to avail your backblaze? That's what it's called, backblaze. Uh-huh. And uh, if you have a storage drive plugged into your computer. Uh, most of the time, they will also back that up. So okay. that is um, that go. is also you know a little Hints piece of mind. Halloween, a little piece of mind. <laughs> but then you become anxious and about other things. So there really is no, uh, there really is no uh, ultimate safe place Wait, here. You see, the thing you have to understand, dear listeners, is I'm the kind of internet paranoid who refuses to touch Facebook because it has anti-privacy cooties. So therefore, you know, me putting all my things in the cloud, all my things ain't going to happen. Yeah. But you could do, you could also just store your, your comics in the cloud. I mean, cloud storage is very cheap. And, it is. And, it is and, definitely a possibility. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, that I would have no, um, yeah. you know, I mean, they're already in, in the public. I mean, yeah, I understand you about that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm also, uh, you know, paranoid yeah. about about your your home storage. I mean, I've had yeah. plenty of backup drives fail. Well, so. it just depends on your priorities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, you know what? Yeah, moving on. And you know what? We all need more things. So uh, what about that gift guide? Yes, yes. Just, because just we, as we get finished about purging your collections, here's a few things you can yeah, add to I mean, them yeah, after you yeah, purge. Yeah. We'll yes, never yeah. talk about Have purging we ever again. got a comic for you. Graphic Novices Gifts 2014, our annual feature on Getting the right comic book for the nerd in your life, or the nerd to be in your life. Um, uh, once again, you can find it at publishersweekly.com slash comics. It was published in, I think, the October 20-something issue. Uh, but, you know, it's out from behind the paywall now. Check it out. We've got, well, let's see. We've got super anniversaries. We've got fiction. We've got um, fantastic stories, love stories, adaptations. Shall I just pick randomly from this? Why don't you pick just a few that strike you as amazing? Now, which ones would you keep, um, Calvin, on your shelf? You know what I would keep? I would keep um, "In Clothes Called Fat" by Moyoka Ano. Yes, uh, the the famed manga artist. Uh, it's her her newest work out from Vertical. Uh, it looks at women's self-image. It's not a happy story, but this is this is one of our great manga artists, and it's something you'd want to check out. Um, Kill my mother. And that falls under, both of these all fall under fiction life on the page. Um, Kill My Mother by Jules Pfeiffer. Um, the, the great uh, playwright, Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonist, uh, 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 screenwriter, uh, and of course, great uh, uh, comic strip artist. Uh, his first graphic novel, and it's really a tribute to the noir films uh, of his youth. And it's a wonderful, uh, hilarious story with a Incredible twist at the end. So, um, uh, I, Brian Lee O'Malley seconds. Um, I, I think we talked a little bit about it. Um, is it if it's not fair to compare it to Scott Pilgrim, uh, a visionary work? But it's a beautifully, a beautiful piece of cartooning. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and one more, and I, we, we can jump around because. I mean, all of these books, if I do say so myself, are really You can check amazing. this out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics, and then you'll find the gift there guide. Yes. Uh, let's, wait, one, oh, I, I do have to mention one other thing here. Uh, the Art of the Simon in Kirby Studio. Yes. A that is an mammoth hardcover from Abram Comics Art. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's an entire book of really original page art. 
I mean, photographed so exquisitely well that it, it you know, it still looks like it's the yellowed yeah. paper yeah. with the paste-up pencil marks. It's all there. It's well, just the artist, amazing. You know, stuff. the artist edition. I mean, the the Simon Kirby book is definitely part of the artist edition trend. Uh, yeah. Which, which uh, let's give be fair, Scott Noonbeer, yeah. the editor yes, at IDW, sure. uh, pioneered this. You know, yeah. he invented it, and then immediately Dynamite, Dark Horse, and Abrams, and everybody other publishers started doing it. So. Um, you know, uh, that's definitely a huge trend of the year that they, I started last year, really, but just more and more of it. And people really like these um, these oversized, detailed, as it will happen yeah, kind of yes. collections. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, it, so yeah, you know yeah. what? There's always more cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's, there's an incredible list of, of stuff. Go to the website. Check it out. I mean, the, the Harlem Hellfighters, uh, the Olympians, uh, the Wrenchies. You know, I could go on. There's There's... 30 to 40, the, the best American comics, 2014, the newest uh, uh, volume of that. I mean, really, we could go on and on and on. Great books uh, for absolutely anyone who's interested in comics. And now it's time for the briefs. Yes, it's that time again. <laughs> okay, and speaking of things where it's that time again, DC Comics has announced they're doing Dark Knight 3, the sequel to the sequel to The Dark Knight Returns, with Scott Snyder and Frank Miller. Well, they did really announce it, but people learned about it. So, uh, ah. and it's, I actually, I can confirm from my sources that I also heard about this. So, um, yeah, there's definitely more to come on so that. So you have it from the Heidi's mouth. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, Krypton. Yes. Did you ever want to see a completely doomed planet for season after season after season? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like the walking dead. All these people are going to die. <laughs> well, given that it's set in uh, Clark's grandfather's era, maybe some of them will die of natural causes. Oh. But <laughs> we the show where you have to hope that they live to die of natural causes, Krypton. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a new show coming out from David S. Goyer and Once Upon a Time's uh, executive producer Ian Goldberg will be Krypton, all about Krypton in the era of Clark grandfather's day uh, when the house of L was was, yes. was looked down upon by the other <laughs> that's L E L E L pre blast off to yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. third stone from the sun well uh, you know let's uh, gotta give David S. Goyer a big uh, old uh, you know slow clap because uh, he's calling it in TV I mean we we talked about the shows but boy oh boy DC's uh, TV program yeah. is yeah. just unbelievable they have Supergirl iZombie's still coming um, yes well you know I kid uh, Titans pilots being made I kid about Krypton but I am not alone in having seen uh, Man of Steel watching the first 20 minutes and going can't I just watch that movie well, apparently they listened and they gave it to us as a TV show. We shall see. Okay. <laughs> um, because why not? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And there you go. Uh, speaking of because why not, Alison Bechtel's multi-award-winning Fun Home, which was made into a Pulitzer Prize-nominated musical, is now coming to Broadway in a full production. Fun Home the Musical is coming to the Circle in the Square Theater, in which it will be produced as Theater in the Round. The composer is Janine Tesori, with lyrics by Lisa Crone and directed by Sam Gold. And so if you want to see a brilliant, 
breathtaking graphic novel about be growing up a lesbian kid in a funeral home <laughs> this is the musical for you who could pass that up yeah <laughs> and singing your heart out in the midst of it <laughs> did i see something on the beat about someone attending uh well oh, they just had a little mean they had a little media it was not a preview oh, okay. i mean they yeah. had like a little uh panel talk with uh, oh, all oh. those people Alison yeah. bechtel was there and uh they performed one song so yeah. well you know basically it was a little media yeah, media press preview where they could talk about how excited they are about it yeah. so but it is it looks uh, i did not see the original production but it was uh you know very well reviewed uh hopefully yeah. we'll all go see the broadway yeah, show i'm gonna i'm gonna try to see it for sure they said audiences are standing up and crying <laughs> okay <laughs> oh dear okay so there will be more to come please keep stay tuned throughout our holiday season we are not going to leave off uh yes we will airing. be back on january second right yes that is the next time we'll all three of us be gathered yeah and but we will have interviews before we'll have interviews before that our normal times uh but uh we will be back on january 2nd with uh the year in review and the year ahead so uh you know we are are signing off technically for 2014 but we'll be back because there's more to come